0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fitness Scanner Podcast. I am joined today by my friend Tyler McCarthy. He is the owner of TitaniumPerformance.com. That's MyTitaniumPerformance.com. And, uh, he and I have done a podcast in the past, so I'll link back to that so we don't have to go into a bunch of depth, but he and I share a lot of the similar training values and styles. We've had a lot of conversation via text and over the phone just about what a full-body workout looks like, what it should be, and what it entails. So someone that I was training the other day, kind of jokingly, but it got under my skin because he knows how to push my buttons because it doesn't take very much. He he took a kettlebell and did like a couple different movements and said, oh, I just had a full-body workout. And he just started laughing because he knew that would bug the crap out of me. And I just kind of stared at him. But when I thought about it, there's so much stuff out there that deceives people on what a full-body workout actually is. Just because you're doing really big body movements, let's say for instance like a burpee or you know a squat jump or something like that just because you get your heart rate up and involve a couple different muscle groups doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a full-body workout. So um, so I wanted to get Tyler on to get his perspective and, and maybe just kind of learn and hijack some of his workouts and uh, maybe Hopefully the 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 listeners can take away something for their own um, sure. amusement also. So Tyler, thanks again for joining the show, man. This has been how many weeks in the making? <laughs> uh, a few, <laughs> a few weeks. We kind of been missing each other. A lot of a lot of fires we had to put out on each other's end. So um, anyway, Tyler. So when I first bounced this off you, you got pretty excited about it, and uh, it's right. been a, it's been a hot topic for you know forever. So just without without a bunch of uh of rigmarole i guess of of you know why this really comes up what Mm -hmm. does what does a full body workout mean to you and what does it look like to you
1: well a full body workout i mean what you kind of were talking about there i see it every day in the gym as well and that's a I mean, it could be a good exercise and, yeah, you get your heart rate up and different things. But just because something seems hard doesn't mean that, like you said, it's a full-body workout. Um, What it means to me is, I mean, we we only do full-body workouts. We don't do split routines. We don't do any of that because the people that come to me, they're coming to me because I can deliver the same, if not better, results in one to two sessions a week rather than two hours a day, six days a week. Um, they're coming to me because of the efficiency and the effectiveness. So, full body workout to me, and I'm very particular in doing kind of a push pull routine uh, and specifically targeting each muscle group. So we do a lot of multi joint things. So, for example, like on the lower body, we'll hit a leg press, we'll do some lunges, we'll do a pendulum squat or a hack squat. Um, you know, then we'll we'll come circle back around or even start with. Uh, a leg curl, a uh, leg extension, a little bit of abductor, whether it's manual resistance, bands, uh, whatever we decide to use, because as we both know, resistance is resistance. Your muscles don't have a brain, so they, they're going to respond to any overload that they uh, experience. So, you know, we we really like to get specific on the old Arthur Jones methodology of let's focus on what each muscle really does and let's hone in on that but then when we're done fatiguing that muscle group let's move to another one and really do that throughout the whole body and that's what my uh I can't really say my because I you know I've learned from great experts over the years but uh, our philosophy kind of follows is we're really trying to hone in on each muscle group fatigue that area move to the next and fully fatigue the entire body from you know neck down to the toes and just make sure that everyone walks out exhausted, uh, having a hard time walking out. But also when they go to lay down and do some abs for us, they, uh, their arms give out a little bit as well. So, you know, we <laughs> really try and, you know, fatigue the entire body. And that's kind of what I consider a full-body workout.
0: No, And that makes total sense. So I, I follow the, the, a similar philosophy. I like people to do two maximum of three days a week, um, a day of rest in between each. I prefer people to do thirty-minute workouts. Yeah. However, a majority of my my appointments are thirty minutes, which is great. But some are an hour, which just means instead of doing maybe because maybe, uh, during a thirty-minute workout, what what it looked like to me, okay, it was something like start with the large muscle groups. So. Um, and sometimes I flip flop back and forth, but it would either be, uh, typically be like a leg press or a leg extension. And then I would do a, let me just set it up like this. I'll go like this. If you came in, I would do a leg extension right to a leg press with as yep. little, or, you know, depending on the person, as little as rest that person needs between the exercise to a leg press. And then I would go back to a single joint movement which would either be a hamstring curl, manual hamstring curl, or maybe like um, the, the machine hamstring curl or even an exercise ball hamstring curl with maybe a little added uh, manual resistance on the toes. Mm-hmm. And then I would have them go right into a, um, a lunge, some kind of weighted lunge or body weight lunge or um, something like that. Uh, Every once in a while I mix it up and do, you know, go bilateral, do single legs, um, exactly the same, same way. And then I like to tackle push pull for the upper, upper body. So then I'd start with either an incline chest press, go to a lap pull down, wide grip or close grip. Typically the first set I go with a wide grip, uh, and then go with some type of flat chest press motion. Okay. So you're hitting upper and lower pec. Um, I don't but I'll get to this later, but then I'll go to like a, some kind of mid row manual resistance on the machine dumbbell. Um, again, you know, bilateral can work for a lot of this kind of stuff um, and change the tempo along the way. And then um, typically my, my rep range is between 15 and 20. I really like to strive for that 20 reps, even if they have to take a break, um, <laughs> try to hit that 20 reps and move on. So I'm talking like one set now once okay. i target all of those muscle groups then we'll go into the shoulders so i if, if we're doing two types of presses typically for me i don't like to hit the front delt again so that, mm-hmm. that's just that's just something that i've i've always been kind of wary of I and mean, we're always so you know interior interiorly rotated anyway so right. um, i'll go right to a lateral raise i love doing manual lateral raise r- right after all of that because it's just so fatiguing and it goes maybe about 10 reps and you're, you're maxed out um, into some kind of shoulder press. And I usually give the person around five to 10 second break before we go into shoulder press. Um, And then we'll break down into a uh, rear delt, some kind of rear delt, And then I'll end with uh, some kind of shrug for the shoulder. Um, Of course you can always flip flop that, do a shrug first and then break down into the other stuff. Um, And then I'll finish if we have time, which is why I save them for the very end. We'll do some kind of uh, bicep and tricep and then, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe some ab work because the entire time I'll be coaching, you know, keep your abs tight, keep your abs tight. So that's typically a a 30 minute workout. Um, on, on my end, what specifically, do you have like a typical workout or something similar to that?
1: Yeah. So one of our go-tos is I like to start with the lower body because it's a little more metabolically fatiguing. Mm -hmm, Um, and I mean the results or the research really shows it doesn't matter, uh, if you're metabolically fatigued going into upper body or lower body, it's just all about momentary effort. Right. So I like it because there's more large muscle tissue down there. Right. So let's really, really fatigue that stuff. And also, it helps people that get a little nauseous and things to not feel that way because upper body, we're working a lot smaller muscle tissues as we go along. So, um, for example, I just came from the gym and the workout we did, we did leg press uh, at a 10-10 pace, very slow, three to five reps looking for, and complete fatigue on that, a little bit of set extenders, all the things that I'm talking about, there's pretty much a little bit of a set extender, whether it's a negative, a breakdown, or whatever it may be. And we went right from that to the leg extension, and that's a normal kind of 2-4 count. And on the 2-4 counts, we're generally looking for – see, I like failing around the uh, 8 rep range, but that's just my personal preference because I hate feeling pukey, and that just helps me you know, (laughs) work hard and not feel that way. But uh, I like going a little heavy, and we'll we'll fail around 8 to 12. And then uh, from that leg extension, we went to our – we call her Eleanor. It's a uh, white pendulum squat, paramount pendulum squat that we have at the gym. Uh, she's not very nice. So <laughs> we do we do exactly 12 reps on that one because I don't really like uh, loading the spine very much. Right. So I'm not really taking people to fatigue um, on that machine because it's, it's hard enough to get 12 reps. And I usually – I say I don't take them to fatigue, but I do because I give a little help on the way back up. But it just gets so heavy on that bottom that I like to give a little assistance there. From that uh, pendulum squat, we go to a leg curl. gives them a little bit of a break um, from their quads just on fire. Then from there, we went into a kettlebell squat where I had her standing on some six-inch boxes so she's, she's able to get deep enough. I don't always use the boxes because I don't want it to become a back exercise. I want it to be more of a, you know, a lower body, full lower body exercise. So then we went yep. to that. And then right after a little bit of abductor work, I'm huge on the abductor stuff. Cause one of our specialties is the low back and kind of keeping that healthy. And a lot of people forget about the gluteus medius. Um, Any of you guys out there that uh, have any low back injuries, don't forget about your gluteus medius. Let's get some blood flow back there. That'll help with your sciatica pain, um, things like that. Um, Anyways, and we finished up with the low back uh, extension. Uh, Not my favorite machine, the Roman chair, but that's all we have there, uh, which you know I own the MedX low back, so obviously I'm a little biased. But uh, going from that, we went upstairs, got a drink, and we go – so this is kind of my pre-exhaust workout for the upper body. There's a little pre-exhaust, post-exhaust going on on that lower body. It's just a metabolic killer. Um, then we go upstairs and we do a little pec fly. Now with the pec fly, we were talking about uh, the you know, internal rotation and then that anterior deltoid. One of the things I've found that has really, really helped me, especially on the ones where you have to grab a handle. So if you're not uh, lucky enough to have a Nautilus pec fly, uh, scoot your hips forward just about an inch. And pin the tops of your shoulder blades back, and then externally rotate the arms just a little bit. You're gonna, you're gonna activate your pectorals a lot more than you would if you were leaning forward. When you get tired, and you know, then you're trying to just make it an anterior delt exercise. Yeah. So uh, from that, then we went into uh, chest press, hit just fatigue, and then we run right over to dips and we do a couple negative only dips. So. That right there, the chest is just completely crushed. Um, then we move into a pullover, a hammer strength pullover, and push that a little bit, get into a seated row, and then from there, so you're back, I mean, you got that horizontal pull kind of covered, and then from there we went to uh, lateral raise into an overhead press. Nice, yep. It's like you, yep. I really, I like, I don't really like to get back to hitting that anterior deltoid again very much, um, just because same reasons you kind of said too. Uh, So this workout specifically, we didn't do a rear delt, but usually I hit all the heads of the deltoid because a lot of people forget about that rear delt too. But lateral raise to the overhead press. And then from there, we went to, just because I'm mean and I have a good time with it, a 60-second negative chin-up. Yeah, and right there we finish up with push-ups. I mean, if your abs aren't fried after that sixty, everything else even. But then that sixty-second negative chin-up and a round of some push-ups with you know a couple of negatives to finish off. You, I mean, you you just didn't push yourself hard enough, in my opinion. You shouldn't really have to do abs like you said, just because yeah. the whole workout you're moving so concentrated that you're. Constantly tight in the abdominals, and just like a, in you know Gary Bannister's book and everything, they talk about abs quite a bit in that book and how it's kind of inefficient to really do that. I mean, that's another thing we can really get into another time, but no, you it's a good point. The amount of abs that people do is just ridiculous, right? Yeah,
0: yep. Um, just a, a quick side note, how's your battery doing on your computer? Uh, 13. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, all right, good. So, um uh, to go back I kind of I, I left two things out. And I'm glad you brought it. I'm glad you brought it up You brought one up the ad ab machine um, I do use that also men and women guys. Don't be scared of the ad ab. It's not for just ladies for oh, yeah. Don't be scared of it. if you want a bigger squat you want a better bigger deadlift Then you have to do ad ab, but usually oh, yeah. you know what I do Is because that's such a large muscle group worked. I don't want to fry those out before I do leg press I'll usually finish a leg workout with those. Right. Um, usually, I mean, there's occasionally you can kind of do a pre-exhaust again. You know, can you throw that in as your as a pre-exhaust? Go to leg extension and then to add ab and then all the way to um, leg extension or flip or leg press or flip flop the first two. Uh, right. Also, where do you place your deadlifts in your workout? Because I I tend if I if I'm going to throw them in, um, I'll put them in at the very very end, when somebody's grip is already shot, um, their legs are kind of recovered, but their heart rate's still through the roof, and I use pretty lightweight, or do you even do a deadlift at all during a workout?
1: I don't very much, um, but when I do, I use the hex bar, trap bar. Um, I usually do it last as well because of the low, I'm always thinking about low back uh, fatigue, and I really don't I never do a back extension or a deadlift. Uh, I can't say never. I'm sure I have in the past with a deadlift, but usually no low back extension or deadlifts or any kind of lumbar extension exercise before I put someone into a leg press uh, just because I want that lumbar spine to be as strong as possible at that moment. But then if I, I really, really don't do them very often, but... If I do throw the deadlift in, it's it's kind of with a kettlebell too, because right I can go really light. I've already killed their legs. It's just kind of a nice little finisher. Let's you know, finish off the legs with that. Keep the heart rate up a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's if I do throw the deadlift in, uh, depending on the person, um, kettlebell, dumbbell, or a barbell, and I, I try to keep it, I always keep it light, and I go, yep. I go pretty um, depending on how fried they are. And I never want them to break form. Obviously on everything, yep. if, if, I, if I see form break before uh, the rep count or you know the, the pace that I want them to get to is reached, then we're done. That's it. Form done. Yep. Uh, well, that's like,
1: what I define uh, fatigue as, the last perfectly performed rep. Exactly. And then I'll either do assisted reps or negatives or break the weight down until they can achieve perfect form again. That's that's what our main goal is. I mean, that's the safety of the client and the integrity of the joints. we that's our um, job to watch that stuff. So I agree.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know that I was talking to somebody else the other day about how how they train, and um, you know his his workout was extremely brief, which I love. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I asked him, I "Was like, well, how, you know, are you are you looking for a certain rep range?" And he said, "No, I make sure every single rep." looks exactly the same and I stop mm-hmm. when I feel like the next rep won't look like the one before. And that right. was really, that was really profound to me because, you know, on occasion, especially for myself more than anything, and depending on the client, like if I know they're pretty strong and they're pretty athletic and they can, hand, they can handle a little more overload, um, I'll have them, I'll have them push through maybe one more assisted rep, but okay. but for, for me, for myself, um, yeah. I, I really thought about that in my workout yesterday when I was doing a, a close grip lap pull down for myself. Even I was coming down and when I knew like at the very bottom, I'm even flexing, doing it right now. I'm coming down and I'm <laughs> holding it as I'm coming up. I can tell, man, this next one's not going to look the same. And I just stopped. I stopped, yep. went to the right next one. I just kind of, I kept thinking about that, thinking about that, thinking about that, you know, cause every once in a while a little, little cheat get in there on me, on a client. Um, I don't make it a habit, especially for a client. But, um, yeah, that was just really the way he said it, you know, the, the rep that he's doing has to look like the rep before. And, yep. um, and obviously, you know, if anybody out there listening, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pull super heavy weight, number one, if you're out of form, you know, at all, back off, back off 10 pounds, yeah. back off 15 pounds until you can do strict, strict form on any exercise. And I then you've kind then of start.
1: To check our ego a little bit. Cause big time coming from, a. Explosive training, powerlifting, kind of background. That was everything. I didn't care about form or anything. It was getting that weight. And now, I don't care if I'm curling ten pounds at the end of my workout. They, every rep is going to look the same. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of um, dumbbell curls and and biceps and triceps, what do you? Uh, are, do, is that like a main? Not a main focus, but. You know, towards the end of the workout, if they're fried, do you mm-hmm. even go into bicep, tricep, or are you kind of?
1: I, I mean, when I have someone sitting there, like, "Hey, what about the guns?" Yeah, you like go do a set. But I, I'm a firm believer. You get enough activation from all of the pole exercises that I just had you do, and all the pushing exercises that you do. I mean, you got to think about they're the other than the forearms and a pole, They're really the smallest muscle tissue being worked. So they're going to fatigue way before the larger muscle tissue is going to. Yep. So they, I mean, they're, if our goal is fatigue, we already achieved it in a chin up or a row or a overhead press, chest press, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I still do, I mean, I still like to do it once in a while. It's more, I like to have fun with the workouts too and, uh, When I say hurt people, I don't mean actually hurt them. I mean, it's to be uh, sadistic in our workouts. So It is. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I utilize those things just to be kind of mean going into some dips or something where I don't know if you've ever done uh, the grow your arms an inch workout from Arthur Jones. But you throw triceps inside there, too, and go to dips right after. Good luck getting one to two of them, even with assistance.
0: Oh yeah. It's so gross. Um, I, I tell you what, uh, I know you got to go soon. You got somebody probably waiting on you, but, uh, I, um, one more thing I wanted to bring up that we didn't hit on was uh, calf training, because I know a lot of people, um, especially some trainers that, that, that I know don't, they'll never bother with, with calves because it's Mm obvious. It's a very large, well, it's a very hard muscle group to train, to, to grow. So that's one thing, but for, for people out there who, who think it's a throwaway muscle, think about this. If you are trying to stabilize a joint, you, ha- and just same thing with your forearms, you have to have two sides of the joint stabilized and yep. those calf muscles do such an important role in stabilizing knee flexion and extension and along with the muscles in the, in the front of the knee and the, the front of the, the shin too, um, right. extremely hard to train, but it's doable. Um, I like doing I like doing that at the end of a leg workout or at the end of a uh, a, comp- a workout totally just doing body weight single leg calf raises. Do you What's your opinion on calf training?
1: So when you're doing it, do you do just standing?
0: Yeah, I'll do I'll do like a standing okay. uh, flat, or I'll have like a little incline where I put the ball of my foot. On a little bit of okay. an incline, and then if I'm training like my left leg, I'll have the dumbbell in my left arm and then I'll kind of balance right. with my right foot.
1: So or my uh, right hand, sorry. One of my questions then too is so that's awesome because you're you're crushing your gastroc, right? Yep. Uh do you ever add seated calf in there because then we're actually targeting a little bit more of the deep tissue, not the gastroc. And when we're talking about like joint integrity or stability. Uh, I do a lot of seated and a lot of standing stuff too. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up cause tonight's workout that I talked about, I didn't do it, but, uh, mainly with the people, see, I could do a better job of this, but mainly with the people that are running, doing marathons and they're, they're utilizing the ankle and knee joints in kind of an abusive manner. Yeah. I definitely do it with, uh, and same with, uh, tibia dorsiflexion, but, For the most part, I'll do all three of them. The seated, I never ever do after a leg workout because that pump in the quads, it hurts so bad because the calves are very, very strong. So when you get, you know, 90, 135 pounds resting on your quads, you're more worried about the pain there than you are about actually fatiguing your deep muscle tissue in the calf there. But yeah, I I definitely throw that in there. And like I said, I could probably do a better job of that with certain people, but I really focus. A little bit because again like you said you have half hour sessions I block off 45 minutes and the workouts usually take you know 35 minutes it's just the moving it's all hammer strength equipment where I'm at right now so the moving of the weights takes quite a bit of time to do so if I'm going to skip anything for a general public kind of person coming in and they don't have ankle or knee issues or whatever um, obviously again we want to stay ahead of those injuries but I'll Skip something like calves or abs or triceps, biceps because I'm more worried about let's really hit uh, the large muscle tissue and do it all as efficiently as possible. So like, again, the triceps, biceps, I'm not skipping them. We're still hitting them. It's just in a more multi-joint kind of faceted exercise, you know.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. And to answer your question, I, I yes, I do, but it's I we don't have a calf machine, so it's not as not as probably not as effective, but you know, you can use like the dumbbell method resting on the knees, I guess, but then you don't have like the full range of motion with the heel drop and right. uh, Right. But it's, which is typically that, which is basically why I do the, uh, standing just because I can, I can get a little deeper. Um, but I mean, if I had a calf machine for sure, I would definitely use it. Okay. Um, Yeah. But, uh, well, hey, I, look, let's wrap this up. I think we, we covered a ton of ground. I knew this wouldn't take long. That's why I wanted to put it out there because I think people really need to to get a grasp on what a really a full body workout, an actual workout is. So, it's definitely. So Tyler, um, thanks, man. I appreciate you very much. This won't be the last time you're on here and we talk. So uh, awesome. have, have a great night and we'll talk at you later.
1: Sounds good. I'll go crush a few more people now.
0: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more Fitness Candor.